just love on him this morning. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. You are worthy of all praise today, this day and every day. Lord, while there's breath in our lungs, we'll magnify you as King of kings and Lord of lords. You are mighty and majestic, Lord. Father in heaven. Father, you love us, each and every one. Lord, today there are some that don't yet know you in that way. I pray before they leave today, they understand how much you love them. You are our Father. And this world has tried so hard to make that word a bad word. But you are our loving Father. The one and true living God. Laid aside everything in heaven as Jesus Christ and came and lived a sinless life. Tempted on all sides as we are tempted. There is nothing that we face that you have not faced, Lord Jesus. But you did not succumb to that temptation. You live spot free so that we could have everything that blots us erased from that file. Lord, we love you today. We magnify you today. We praise you today. You are holy. You are righteous, yes, God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're so good. You're so good, God. You're so good. I'm going to tell you something today. If you haven't shed a little bit of a tear or felt some kind of spiritual something, you're dead. But before the day's over, you're going to come to life. In Jesus' name, dry bones come alive. Are you going to say, well, Brother Marty, I don't know. I mean, people are getting into it. They're getting involved. I'm not talking about you then. And I'm not singling anybody out. But I know because I've been there. I know what you're talking about. Like, it was a certain point in your life, and all of a sudden it was like, Lord, I don't want anything that doesn't make you Lord. I don't care about the stuff. I was telling my little nephew last night. He said, I got this new game, and I want to do it. And I said, I've spent thousands of dollars on games. And right now, I can't tell you where they all are. I don't care. There was a point when I gave it all to God, and literally I began to understand that old chorus that said, and the things of earth grow strangely dim. I was like, I get it. I get it, God. You're all that matters. You might not be at that point. Okay? I get it. You might not be there, but guess what? You can be. You can be. I want you to look at your neighbor today before you're seated and say, the time is now. Thank you so much, praise and worship team. Are we blessed to be in a house that worships the Lord in spirit and in truth? Amen. Well, just a few short weeks ago, we were just going to come and visit a good revival evangelist friend of ours, Brother Danny Johnston. How many of you know that was a great meeting with Brother Danny? I, I can remember the first meeting with Brother Danny in this building. I think he referred to it that, that night. But um, you all know the story a little bit by now. If you don't, I'll just tell you. As a Sister Anna Joe said earlier, it's a little surreal still to hear this. She said before we welcome our associate pastor, I, uh, we don't officially start, right, until August 13th. But pastor then said, uh, since you're coming, I'm going to be out of the pulpit on July 30th. Would you want to speak? And I said, absolutely, I want to speak. 
And I thought I had two or three different things that I wanted to speak on. But God put something on me back in 2020. So this one's been marinating a while, y'all. And he has told me time and time again when I wanted to pull it out and speak it, that was not time. And I'm going to tell you part of the reason why is because the time is now. And that's all I'm going to say. Let's do what pastor has us do every week. I'm on board with this. Amen. I'm going to hold it up. I may go a little bit faster because I feel a sense of urgency. I feel a sense of the preach is here. And I want y'all to receive what God has for you today. I'm more excited about what it's going to do for you than what it's already done for me. And it's already changed my life. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I don't have it memorized. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Sit down if you can, and if you can't, then stand up. I'm wanting to speak to you tonight again a message that was laid on my heart in 2020. And there's a very special set of circumstances that time will not permit today that this was dropped into my spirit. It came by way of someone else's prophetic dream, and it was given to me in that dream, and that was the only phrase. And they actually apologized at the time and said, I don't know what the scripture reference is, but that's the message that was in the, the word from God. And I want to go and give you some scripture references. If you're taking notes today, we will read them all in just a minute. You don't have to put it on the screen yet, but we're going to be reading out of Mark chapter 1. We're going to be reading out of John chapter 4. We're going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians 6. We're going to go back to Mark chapter 13. We're going to hit up Acts chapter 2. How many of you know you can't preach a message in a Pentecostal church without hitting up Acts chapter 2, right? And we're going to have all of that on the screen here in a little while. You have plenty of time. We'll read it all together. But I want to look today at this concept of time. The message there, the time is now. Uh, there's a man-made understanding of time. We all know that time is precious, right? We, the, the, the older we get, the more we realize, wow, time is really, really precious. It's something that when you're a child, you hear, you'll never have another time in your life like this. You'll never enjoy. It'll be, this is going to, you're going to look back. This is the most fun time. You know, there's things we don't understand as children that as we age a little bit, we begin to see it. Well, just to give us some man-made understanding of time in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes, those still exist. It says that time is a measured or measurable period. It's a continuum that lacks spatial dimensions. Wow, it's philosophical. Time is a philosophical interest and is also the subject of mathematical and scientific investigation. Everybody's favorite dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online, it says time as a noun could be the measured or measurable period during which an action, a process, or condition exists or continues, a duration, the point or period when something occurs, an occasion, an opportune or suitable moment, decided it was time to retire. How many of you have been there, done that? Don't raise too many hands because people will be over at your house trying to eat your food. Um, it's often used in a phrase about time, like it's about 
time for a change. It's also a descriptor of a current state, usually used in plural like, you hear this a lot lately, times are hard. Uh, things just, you know, I got I to gotta get in gear. I got to move with the times. Issues of time. Now, there are many other definitions. Some of them I won't touch on, but there are a few more that were very interesting to me. They're not going to be on the screen for you. But this idea of time being a season, a season. Somebody say new season. And, and it, you know, this season right now, we all know it's very hot for this time of year. And some of us look at each other and go, it's Texas. I mean, you know, we usually say, you don't like the weather in Texas, wait 30 minutes. Well, right now, it's been a minute or two, okay? It's hot. And when your AC goes out on your car, amen, ooh, it's really hot. Well, time is also in music tempo. We keep time, you know, in rhythm, the certain beats that go to the time. Uh, there's a moment or a day or an hour indicated by what time is it? So there's so many things that we talk about time. And we understand because it's just in our vernacular more than we realize. Time is a very important thing. Uh, I remember in Little League, we'd say, it's your turn. What did you mean it's your turn? I had three times at bat today, right? It was my turn to go. So we can uh, literally say that it points to a lot of different occasions, and that's even one of the definitions of it. It's also used as a verb timed or timing to arrange a set time or a schedule, a tempo, a speed, as we already alluded to. But let's look at what Scripture says about time. You know, people often say that time is a man-made concept. Well, let me tell you something. God is interested in everything that man made because God did tell him to go forth and multiply. God did tell us to occupy till he comes. God did set some things in order, and they understood that certain periods of time are going by because God enabled them to. But God is so interested in time, it's mentioned several times in Scripture, and it's amazing to me. You can go on and on and on. These are just some of the places in Scripture that time is brought up. So let's read first in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Now these are the words of Jesus referring to the fact that he is there now. And beforehand, John the Baptist had been out in the wilderness saying, prepare yourselves, repent, turn, the, the time is going to come. And Jesus here is announcing the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near, not just meaning that it's somewhere down the road, near meaning it's right next to you. It's right in front of you. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Let's go on to John chapter 4. And this, the words also of the Lord, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now go on to the writing to the church at Corinth by the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 6.1. He says, as God's partners him being in leadership of the group of believers there. He says, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. 
For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Somebody, that just rang true in your spirit right there. Because it was already declared and prophesied this morning. Brother Doug gave the word, don't leave the same. Today is your day. This is the time. See, Holy Spirit has arranged this since 2020. Somebody get excited. Somebody understand that God knew where you were back then. And I'm going to tell you where I was back then wasn't where I am now. But I'm thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Go on to Mark chapter 13. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. That's him referring to the time he's coming for his church. And then Acts chapter 2, and I want to touch on this because there's a lot of times in Pentecostal circles, charismatic circles, and even other Protestant circles that are not as evangelic, they'll read this and they'll think this is about some time in the future. But I want us to have an understanding of what is being said here in Acts chapter 2. Peter stood up. And they were saying, are these people drunk? You know what happened in the upper room. They got a little rowdy. They started speaking in in the tongues, in the languages of all the people in the street. And the people on the street from different nationalities were hearing them sing the praises of God in their own language. And somebody had the nerve or the sense to say, they're drunk. I don't know about you. I've been around drunk folks. I ain't never heard them start speaking another language properly and praise the Lord in that moment. Okay. So he stands and he says, no. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel in the last days, God says. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I want you to understand that time started on the first day of Pentecost. We're well into the last of the last of the last days, weeks, moments nanoseconds, microseconds, I don't know how much smaller you can go. We've got to be ready, and I'm getting way ahead in my notes. So let's go and discuss the time differences and how we view time. So starting with that last passage we read, and I was already kind of getting into it. As sure as he said those words, as one of the last days since that time, all these what? 2020 or so years later, 2000, maybe, maybe, maybe 1990 some years later, if you're basing on Jesus being 33 years old at the time, all these things happened because, you know, um, he saw them in the upper room, amen, just the chapter before. He told them in Acts 1-8, I, I will endure you with power and you will have power to be my witnesses, amen. He told them, you're going to get something and it's going to pump you up. Yeah. I mean, he didn't use those words, okay? That was the Marty Murray paraphrase. Don't, don't get on to me there. 
But the last day started that day. The first outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room was day one of the last days. So we, the church, the bride that Jesus is preparing to come and get, we must be ready. When I was a child, I heard more messages on the rapture. I thought it was going to happen before church was out. I thought it was going to happen before we came back for the evening service. I thought it was going to come before we came and got together for Royal Rangers on Wednesday night. I thought during Royal Rangers, while some of the kids were being knuckleheads, picking on each other, the rapture was going to come and they weren't right with God and they were going to be left. I'm telling you, we need to get back to a place where you understand that the imminent return of Christ is a foundational platform that we believe in. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. He says right there in Mark 13, 32, 33, stay on guard. Be on guard. Stay alert. Be ready. What time is it? It's time to be ready. The time is now. I'm going to tell you what time it is not. Go on, go on to that time it is not. It's not time for negativity and room or place for the enemy. Well, what do you mean? That all sounds good. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put it straight, okay? It's not time to give your in-laws a piece of your mind. It's not time to throw a fit at work because you got passed over for the promotion. Number one, honey, God may have something better for you, and you need to zip your lip and get in line and let God lead. Amen? <laughs> I can tell you something about that. It's not time to cuss your parents because they didn't let you be like the cool kids. And I'm looking at kids because... Hey, guess what? I'm going to be your youth pastor for a while. You're going to hear it straight. People are like, what is, what is youth going to be like on Wednesdays? <laughs> you listening to it right now. I'm not going to hold back. Let me tell you something about the youth. People talk about it being the church of tomorrow. No, sir. No, ma'am. You are the church now. You are the church active. You are the church triumphant. And nobody can despise your youth. And you better not either. Don't even get me started on that. It's not time to compete in the race to keep up with the Joneses, as they say, just to wear the latest fashions, barely covering your body that's supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not time to worry about spending money on things that nobody cares if you got trying to impress people that don't even pay attention to who you are. That's God's resource he gave you, and you wonder why it disappears because you hadn't been doing what his word says and shall a man rob God? Now, I'm not going to go off on that. But let me tell you, if it ain't in order, it's going to be out of order. If you're not in order and in line with Scripture, it's going to be dysfunctional. If it doesn't look like what Scripture says you ought to do, it's going to break. Mm, that's not in my notes. But that's good preaching, amen. Well, I want to tell you what time it is. Because I don't want to give place to the enemy. I don't want us to talk about all the things that we have in common that are negative. Because you know what? That is common to human existence. Let me tell you something, the enemy, this is, this is good stuff. The Lord's telling me to tell you that. Let me tell you something, the enemy will tell you in your quiet and alone time when he's badgering you and beating you over there, he'll tell you, you're the only one going through that. You don't need to tell anybody about that. But if they knew that was going on in your life, what would they think of you? You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to not have any problems. I don't see nowhere in the Bible where Jesus said, when you follow me, you ain't going to have no problems. In fact, he said, you'll have tribulation. 
We'll have much tribulation. It translates as troubles, and it translates as a whole lot worse than just common troubles. But let me tell you what time it is. Come on, somebody help me this morning. The time is now to turn wholeheartedly to a pure and holy God. The time is now to give up your addictions to the lists of the flesh, the pride of life, and those things that separate you from intimacy with Jesus. The time is now to drop the hatred and animosity towards a family member that has stooped and stopped their lives to take care of you, put clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a meal in your belly, but you griping about it ain't got enough salt. Or maybe it's too salty. See, the time is now for repentant hearts to truly plunge into every aspect of repentance. And thanksgiving to a loving God that would graciously give us another chance to get right with him. I was so blessed weeks back at the revival when Sister Jo stopped at the beginning of one of the things. She said, you know, I've been trying to do something this week. She said, I've been trying to, instead of waking up saying, I'm so tired. To just stop and say, it's the time to give praise. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the energy that I have. And thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So as I praise you and I worship you and I get that joy in me, all of a sudden I can do more. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, we've got to get into that mindset. The time is now to walk and live in Scripture. I'm telling you today, if you sense the urgency, like I sense the urgency, the time is now, the time is now, say it again, the time is now. I don't know who told you someday, God says someday, you're going to reach the nations. Okay, well today, Sunday ends in D-A-Y. Monday ends in D-A-Y. Tuesday ends, y'all following what I'm saying here? I think every single one of the weekdays, no matter what time, weekend or weekday, ends in day, ends in why. So sometime after you heard Jesus say, this is what you're going to do, you better get on about it. You better do what God has told you to do. You better stop backpedaling and saying, I can't do this because this and that and that. Well, did God who created heaven and earth and has all things, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the taters under them hills. Did he tell you to wait a little while and see if maybe that was a word from him or not? Did it line up with scripture? Mm, the time is now. Practical applications of understanding the time now some say this is where you go to meddling i say this is just where the ministry begins did you know the priests in old bible times when they would have to go in a house that had something that was not right uh, they gave some levitical descriptions of when things were unclean in a house and they were talking about biological hazards literally they're talking about mold that got in the walls they're talking about it turning green. They're talking, talking about it turning black. They're talking about it turning red. And, it, I mean, it goes on and on. You can research in Leviticus. It talks a lot about uh, they would get the priest to come in, and they would scrape the walls. They'd say, first you clean it this way. Oh, it's still there? Well, now you might want to do something to get a little bit more abrasive on there. Oh, it's still there? Well, you're going to have to get out a chisel. And you have to scrape that thing out of the wall. I preached the whole message one time on scraping the walls. I mean, it was quiet. The pen was like, ding. Practical applications. You may have to sever some things. 
some this week will have to cut off their paid subscription services that they pay money for in order to fill their home with prideful lust and debauchery that mocks the very things we claim to stand for as believers in Christ. You might have to cut out that sitcom you like because, oh, it's okay. Everybody accepts their lifestyle now. Mm -mm. God does not. And you want to take it up with somebody, go on. That's between you and God. But I'm his messenger. That's what he's called me to do, and I'm going to deliver the message. You may have to cut some stuff out of your house. You may have to choose whether putting the explicit filter on the devices is enough or if they just might have to stop tuning into the world's filth altogether. Oh, I'm preaching at home now. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you. Hey, you don't. I was talking to Brother Jimmy this morning. Man, when I grew up, my livelihood, when I was coming up and going through school, I wasn't much different than my dad's generation, okay? It really wasn't much different because all we had at house was a rotary phone. You had one of them in the kitchen, and if you were real fortunate, you had a real long cord, and you could, like, walk around corners, and I don't want them to hear what I'm saying. Yeah, pick me up at the corner at 3.30, okay? And then you walk back into the kitchen. Who were you talking to? Oh, just a friend, Mom. Clean, knowing good and well you didn't talk to somebody about something you weren't supposed to do in the first place. Well, some people may feel like God's telling you the time is now to live holy and pure unto him, and you might have to just cut some stuff out. You got to get to that place where you say, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to, there's a song that says, I don't want to love what the world loves. Why? It's all going up in smoke. The end. It's going away. So you might as well do something. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word shall remain. I'm going to tell you, every time I hear a kid from now on say, I've just been really bored lately. Man, you ain't read some of the stories I've read. They'll keep you occupied. In fact, you'll get, you'll get to reading some of the Old Testament stories, and you'll be like, dear God, I hope that I'm okay with you today. Please forgive me of my sins. And he'll say, you've asked forgiveness before. I don't know what you're talking about because he's, he's put it in the sea of forgetfulness. But I'm telling you, if you're not weekly, daily, Taking the time to get along with God and making sure everything's okay with him and you? Mm. This is what I'm talking about. Practical applications. Don't be like, I'm praising the Lord on the platform. I get in my car and Bad Bunny comes on. I'm praising the Lord in Sunday school. I memorized my verse this week, but I can also quote every single line in that certain movie. You know? Look, I understand. I'm there. You know, there was a time when the Lord gripped my heart. I mean, I was four years old when Star Wars came out. I'm going to tell you, I had people sit in my dad's living room, my living room, when I was a kid, and tell my dad that Star Wars is a parallel of the Bible. And the force is the Holy Spirit. And I was like, but you know what happened? I know better now, okay? Because it's actually based in Eastern mysticism, Hinduism. You got to look into this stuff. The world's going to come in as an angel of light. That's what Satan does, right? But there was a time in my life when I realized I could quote more Star Wars quotes and facts and statistics than I could scripture. And to be honest, I'm a human. And all those things were ingrained for decades before I really got serious about God's word. I could probably almost outdo it still. But that ain't good. 
Why am I being open and transparent to you right now? You might have to sever some things, and then you also might have to go ahead and choose to forget. People say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget I'm not Jesus. Well, he's called you to be like him. Why don't you put some of it into practice and try to go on and forget? Because if you keep ripping a wound open and pouring salt in there, it's going to hurt every time. And guess what? It ain't going to heal back, right? It ain't going to heal back, right? And when you try to do it, it ain't going to heal back, right? It's gone. It's over. It's past. Your rearview mirror is tiny for a reason. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Amen. So this time is now. I'm telling you, saints of God aren't scared to put the devil back in his place. And I don't know about you, but that place is out of my house. I did not tell you run off your in-laws. I did not tell you run your kids out. But I have known some good God-fearing Christian parents that at a point they had to run their kids on out because you're not going to do that under my roof. This is God's house, and he doesn't stand for that, so I don't either. And I'm going to tell you, if I ever came to that, I would do it too. I can remember people saying they'd leave prayer meeting, and they felt inspired that they needed to go to their house and open up the door and say, in Jesus' name, I'm sweeping out the devil. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't doubt that you've done it. There's been times when I left the town when I felt like the disciples and I had to go and dust my feet. You have to put, some people said, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stand on the word. Sometimes you might want to actually do it. If you don't understand certain concepts, be real with it. God honors our faith even when it's tiny. He gives to every person a measure of faith. But to grow it, you've got to open up the package and get in there for yourself. Don't take anything I'm saying today or reading off a screen as the way it is until you go and investigate it for yourself and see if God won't be true in your life. See if he won't reveal to you things I've never seen. You know why? God's called each one of you to do something he didn't call me to do. Well, he didn't tell me to go and stand on a stage. No, nah, but you're standing in places I'll never see. You're sitting next to people I'll never know. You're passing people in the supermarket, and you get that weird something off of it, and you got to stop and say, hey, can I, can, I, can I ask you a question? How are you doing today? Well, I don't know how many times I've been with Bobby Fortner. You, I mean, how are you doing today? And they'll say, oh, I'm doing good. He'll go, no, no, no. How are you really doing? And I don't know, the next 30 minutes, it's like I just heard, I don't know. Did they write a novel? But it's real. There are real life encounters God wants you to have. But unless you're in a place where you're cutting off the things that block your receptors to Holy Spirit, you're not going to get in those opportunities. Now, some people say, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not asking you to be a public speaker. I'm just asking you every now and then speak in public. There's a difference. Amen. The time is now to declare your home is dedicated to Jesus, a home filled with the presence of God, and proclaim again, as in Joshua 24, in the last part of verse 15, you could probably say it with me, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. If you want to know who we serve, just ask me. But guess what? I probably already told you. If you come to my house, you're going to think, I'm weird, unless you already get what I'm saying, and then you'll be just like, this is cool. You know, I used to be around people that I thought were weird, and all they were was right with God. <laughs> well, you grew up in a pastor's home. Yep. I saw my dad witness the people at Firestone while we were waiting on a muffler or something, you know. 
And I don't know how many times I saw the most easy conversation happen. Had nothing to do with anything other than regular common stuff. And it was like all of a sudden it just went. And they're getting ministered to. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was active in dad's life. And I saw these things and I used to think. Dad, you make it look so easy. You know what he'd say? It's Holy Spirit, son. I didn't go in there planning to do that. I went in there a little bit upset about the fact I'm going to fix the car again. But when God gives you an opportunity, you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I'll do it. Because ain't nobody around here doing it. I guess I will. Lord, you call whom you want to, and the word says you equip those you call. I don't feel equipped right now, but Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me the words to speak. And sometimes before you can even utter a prayer like that under your breath, he's already given you words to speak. And I can talk on this a long time. We'll do a Gifts of the Spirit seminar at some point probably because I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit to teach the youth this as well. But listen, sometimes you're talking all this stuff and you're like going, where am I getting this from? That is a word of knowledge. That is a word of wisdom. You're flowing in the Gifts of the Spirit and you're reading their mail and they're going. And they have two responses. They get mad and they go like, I don't want to be at that church ever. That's making me uncomfortable. Or they're going to go, this thing is real. I might come check you all out. But here's the next challenge. I want to give you. This is what time it is. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time to rise up, church. I will tell you what time it is. The time is now. Child of God, quit being mealy-mouthed and church-mouthed quiet about whom you serve. The time is now to stand up and boldly proclaim with a loud and clear declaration that in the name of Jesus, I will not back up, but through Christ, I have doubled up. I am an overcomer, a conqueror by the blood of the Lamb and by these words of my testimony. You can't have my testimony. You can't make me stop praising him. You can't steal my joy. You done showed up at what time? Now time. And if you're around me, you're going to hear about it. You might want to put it on your Facebook. You came to the wrong page if you don't want to hear about Jesus. Now, don't the next three posts later, don't you quote something that has some vulgar title page on it and has cussing in it and running people down and drinking, smoking, doing all the stuff the world. You know, I don't cuss, I don't chew, I don't run with folks that do. You heard that right. Now, I'm not going to preach you a clothesline message because I understand that the Bible says you can probably do just about anything in moderation, but I'm going to tell you something else. Medical science has proved you probably, probably can't. And uh, we live in a modern age where, as a society, we know better. There are things we do. Yeah, there's things I've done. That don't mean I make them everything that I do. I mean, if I do something, then I'll realize that's something not going to benefit me. Then the Bible says I need to just let that go, right? Well, you sure don't look like you've missed very many meals. Yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. I've been on a roller coaster a while, but I dropped 80 pounds. I found 40 of it when I got married. It's all right. It's all right. Good cooking will do that. You know, love sometimes smells like bacon. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm sorry. All right. But, uh, but what, what I do when I realize, wait a minute, I used to could wear those jeans. What, what I do? And Lord, show me how to cut back again and do the things I should be doing because I'm not getting younger. 
Time is ticking, and I've got to be able to live boldly for Christ till he comes. Because I fully believe, y'all, we're going to be in the second load out of here. Now, you know what that means, right? Because the dead in Christ will rise first. That's the first truckload to heaven. I want to be here and watch it going and then be like, yes, Lord, it's on. But until that comes, I want to tell everybody they need to go with me too. You see what I'm saying? Look back at what he says in Mark. Repent, turn away from the world. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. I don't know if you know like I know. But I know that I know that I know that my knower knows. Jesus is alive. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord, and Jesus is coming back very, very soon for his bride. A church without spot or blemish, a redeemed people. If you're redeemed today, say amen. amen. Now, if you sometimes get a little something on your uh, get up, then just say, oh, me. But how many of you know that the word declares in John uh, 1, 9? Huh? What does it say? First John 1, 9. What does it say? If you have sin, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you of sin. Oh, wait, he didn't just, see, there it is. Boy, brother, brother Marty, you got a good first name, number one. <laughs> if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, meaning it is within his right governing of our lives. It is just to him. To forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I've known the Lord for all this time, and then I find myself with a blemish. Go to God. This is why I say you can't get up every day without saying, Lord, I need you. And sometimes he'll say, yeah, remember what you said last night? Remember what you tweeted? Remember what you texted? Remember what you tried to erase, but mom and dad found out because the Snapchat ain't really invisible? Nothing you put on the internet ever really goes away. And people with good thoughts for your life, they may not bring it up, but people that are out there in the world trying to be enemies of your life may try to hold it over you and blackmail you for something, you know what I mean? See, I don't know if you're hearing me today. People say, well, I believe he lived. Jesus was real. Yes, I have accepted him as Savior. But have you made him Lord? I started crying during worship when we sang, he is Lord, because this is what I want you to hear more than anything else when you talk about the time being now. The time is now to make Jesus your Lord. Savior is good. It keeps you from the fire. But Lord gives you life now, and it adds more to the kingdom because you can't help but tell people how good he is in your life there is a difference friends Jesus is not just your get out of hell life preserver he is not just a get out of jail free card once accepted always safe nothing can separate me la 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 rainbows and easy street no Jesus is Lord and his lordship over our personal lives calls us into a higher understanding get out of the milk section and go straight on over to the butcher shop and eat good Get in the word. Mm. And a sincere love and a desire to please him is the result of going deeper. Look at Paul's words to the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He says, as God's partners, we beg you, this is why we preach, do not accept the marvelous gift of God's kindness 
and then ignore it. Have you ever gotten a trophy when you were a kid for some uh, achievement? I'm, talk I'm not talking about a participation trophy. So some of you older people might need to answer this because about the last 30 years, they just hand out trophies to anybody. You showed up, you get a trophy. I don't believe in that. There's a crown of righteousness that has to be earned, but it's really freely given, so it's kind of like, oh, hmm. But when you get there and before the Lord, you're going to throw it at his feet, right? It's not going to make any sense to keep it for yourself. But think about this. If you got something cool, I'm going to switch it up so the kids today can really relate. You get that new phone or you get that new, I don't know, Nintendo Switch or you get that new, brand new PS whatever or, you know, you got to call up your friends. You got to bring them. You don't go take that brand new awesome thing and go stick it in the back of the closet under a bunch of dusty boxes and put clothes over the top and shut the door and let nobody see it. Hide it under the bushel. No, I got to let it shine. You got to understand something. He's saying, don't just accept God's marvelous gift, this kindness, and then ignore it. Because you've got to remember, he says, God says, at just the right time, I heard you. Salvation is understood when you realize what you were saved from. On the day of salvation, I, the Lord, helped you. You've got to remember who it was that did it for you. And it's got to be shared. If it's a real thing with you, you can't help but tell somebody. You've got to tell somebody. I'm telling you, tell somebody. One person. Well, I don't have anybody to talk to. I'm at home all day. You better corner them kids. You better corner your spouse. You probably cornered them at some point because they're your spouse, right? I mean, you know, somehow you did that. I mean, look at you. You say, yeah, I reeled that in. I'm going to brag. Yeah, that's my wife right there. Yeah. You know, you know what, though? I know better. God did that. God did that. I, put, I keep it right here in the book of Esther. This is my such a time as that right there. <laughs> And, and y'all didn't know I was even talking to anybody, right? I told you one night at church, it was like God told me he's got an Esther in the waiting room waiting to come. And they were like, oh. They didn't know I'd already talked to her one time. Anyway, let me get on a different track there. I mentioned this before. Every day is a day to remember your need of Jesus. It's not saying I'm terrible, I'm wretched. It's me remembering and understanding Brother Woody, you got to wake up in the morning and say, kill me, God. Paul said, I die daily. People were talking about how Paul was so wonderful. And yes, he was very much used by God. He wrote so much of the, old, the, the New Testament, it's not even funny. I mean, it's like you can't hardly get anywhere without seeing Paul's handprints all over it. Even some books that they don't really credit to him, they say this is a Pauline writing because it sounds just like him. He said, I got to die to self every single day. If I don't wake up and say, Lord, if I don't wake up and say, breath in my lungs, thank you, Lord. I mean, even if it's just me and him, you know, there is such a thing as quiet time. It's very good for you to get along with God. His word even says, be still and know that I am God. It talks about still waters run deep. You want the depth of God, get along with him, let it be quiet. Children today think there's got to be constant buzz and entertainment at all times. I'm going to die if I don't have Wi-Fi. Let them go to camp for a week where they couldn't take their electronics, and they'll come back all charged up on fire for God. Why? They had some alone time with God. 
and they weren't just feeding the flesh. Now, adults, listen to me. It doesn't stop when you turn a certain age and all of a sudden you're a responsible adult. Life speeds up. I had a discussion with my oldest son at the end of sixth grade. He looked at me and he said, Dad, that year went by so fast. And I said, son, it never slows down. Once kids start realizing time's going by quick, I mean, when I was little, it used to seem like it was forever for Christmas to come back around. And I had it worse because four days later was my birthday. Everybody write that down. Four days later, four days after Christmas. No. So I didn't have anything to break it up. I used to say, Dad, you got it easy. Your birthday's in the middle of June. You get to kind of half it up. No. You know dads don't get no gifts like, you know. I remember when I bought my dad gifts when I was a kid, I was like, Dad, look, I bought you a football. <laughs> dad, look, <laughs> I bought you a small tackle box, perfect for me to carry. You know, that kind of stuff. It's all right. We love it. We love we get anything. I get a mention, a little card that says Dad with just the name on it. I'm good. I'm good. It pumped me up for a year. I'm good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But my son looked at me and said, Dad, that year went by so quick. Time. The understanding of time as a human is that it, it doesn't, it starts getting faster, 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 faster until all of a sudden we can't keep track of stuff. Adult life, I saw a thing the other day that showed a guy climbing up a mountain and it said high school at the top. He got to the top and he went, yes. And then it went down a little bit and it went college. He got to the top and he went, yes. And then he looked up at this mountain and it said adulthood and he went, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it don't. <laughs> Until we see Jesus face to face, we got to keep on keeping on. And the time is now. Don't ignore what you have, but cherish it. Cherish it. Give it time. Every day you need to remember, I need Jesus. Dear friend, may you wake up every single morning remembering that you need Jesus today. Don't ignore it. Don't have a one-hit wonder relationship with Jesus. Well, it happened back in so-and-so, and I remember, and there's a mark on the wall over there where it happened, and, there's a, and, I remember, and they changed the carpet, so I can't remember where it was. If you can't remember where you first came to the Lord, then you may have lost your first love like the church of Ephesus in Revelation. It's better be new it better feel like it just happened. It better be something that makes you go. Amen? Now, are you saying, Brother Marty, you don't ever get down and out? No, my wife will tell you that. There's times I might just feel like I'm Elijah in a cave, and you better just, uh, but you know, when Elijah was pouting, God gave him a nap and a meal. Sometimes marriage and love smells like bacon. No. <laughs> Don't have a one-hit wonder relationship with the Lord. Don't say, I can remember that day that I felt the Lord so strong. And I, Why weren't you talking about this morning? Why were you talking about last night? Why aren't you talking about the most recent memory you can in a time with God? You know, uh, I, I, I'll cry sometimes in the car. And it's kind of, there's a conversation kind of going, but they don't realize my mind sometimes works where it's on 14 tracks at a time. And I know I seem like I have a one-track mind sometimes because I'm a man. And yes, men can sometimes say they're thinking about nothing, and it's true. We got a neutral. We got a neutral gear. We can just put it over there and go. All of a sudden, the world comes back. Why don't you ever listen to me when I'm talking to you? That's a funny way to start a conversation. We haven't had that conversation, by the way. I just read that somewhere. It's funny. 
But sometimes in the background, there's a part of a worship song. It doesn't remind me of a time past because I feel this presence right then. And it's at a moment when I didn't know that was next on the playlist. I got it set on random. <laughs> some of you are going to have to get something like that because the radio don't always play. I mean, even some of the, uh, the sponsored radio stations nowadays, they're playing commercials when they say they don't have commercials. So if it bothers you, get your own worship playlist. Throw it on random. And God will randomly put you in a place where you remember how great he is in a moment when you didn't know. And all of a sudden, it's not memories coming down your cheeks. It's his presence. Amen. You will not share him with others unless you have an active now, the time is now relationship with him. The time is now moment. Someone you know has never heard that they need Jesus. Imagine that, but it's true. Truth be told, some of our moments don't point to him as our Lord. I've had to apologize to my girls. I've had to apologize to other people around my close circle. I've had to tell people, I'm sorry I let you down. I'm supposed to be there at this time. It's not an excuse. Some stuff happened. I don't even know to go into it. But I need to apologize to you. You know, they, sometimes we don't necessarily exhibit and then if it's a time when we're around somebody that hadn't had a chance to know him, oh, Lord, forgive us if we didn't show Christ. Because yeah. maybe we were the only chance they had in that time. Now, I believe if there's somebody that's seeking him, Holy Spirit will draw them in. They'll get a chance. But wouldn't it be awesome if you were the one that got to lead them to the Lord? Well, maybe you didn't plant the seed. Maybe you didn't water it. But maybe you just happened to be walking by when it was time for the heart. See, some plant, some water and cultivate, but God gives the increase, and he knows when it's harvest time. I want him to save us, yes, from an unquenchable chemical fire that can't be put on pause for eternity. There's no reset button like your video game in hell. It ain't going to go away. But when we're on the sneak tip in this living for him thing between Sundays or between services, you know, I'm down for a good time of fellowship. I'm here when they got some food because there'll be some cooking up in here. If y'all got food for me, I'll show up. But ask me to go door to door in my neighborhood. Well, there's mosquitoes and it's hot. Maybe you need to change the way you're thinking and just say, you know, my neighbor's yard ain't been mowed in a while. I'm out here doing mine. Honey, grab me a Gatorade. I'm going to mow their yard. What? I don't know. Maybe it'll make them say, huh? Yeah. And maybe then I can tell them, I don't know, God laid it on my heart to help you out. Yeah. You never know what something like that could change for eternity's sake. Come fall, it's chilly and the ball game is on. Don't matter. They don't hear you yelling at your TV. It don't matter. You can even go in person and yell as loud as you want to. They don't hear you there either. You're 60,000 people around you. You're not affecting the outcome of that thing. Come winter, oh, it's too cold. And down here, it's rainy. It's not really anything. Else. It's a little bit muggier than usual for this time of year, so it feels colder. Yeah, we're going to find excuses. You understand what I'm saying is, Pastor Rick says it this way. He says, Go ye into all the world and make disciples. You've heard Pastor Rick say it. It means in that verb, go, it means while going. Quit making the excuse you got to have time to do it and do it while you're doing it. Just let God time it. 
We used to walk around talking about divine appointments. I want to hear about your divine appointment book being full. I want to hear good reports about it. I was just at the store and heard somebody say they left their wallet out there and all they have was a bottle of water. I mean, it's $1.50, so I got it for them. And you never guess what happened. We walked outside. Next thing you know, I'm praying for their mom who's going through this in the hospital. And they said, you know what? I've been out of church. I need to get back in church. And guess what? Now they've been at the church for three months. You never know while going. At whatever you're doing, is God asking you to crawl to China or just to cross your street? Is God prompting you to preach to Congress or just to talk to one coworker on your lunch break? I can imagine for most believers, because the Bible says God honors the small things before he gives the big, that he usually asks us to obey in the small things first. He wants to be able to say, I trust you. And did you know sometimes when you've been praying and you don't think he's answering, it's because he's trusting you to follow what you already know to do and you ain't getting results because you ain't doing what he's already told you. Let that soak in because it preaches right back here because I've seen it. I've seen it. The time is now. The time is now. It's time to accept the challenge. Oh, listen, I know this message is a challenge today. And guess what? I'm not with you 24-7. And neither is anyone in here, nobody on the platform, nobody on pastoral staff. But you know who's with you 24-7? The Lord. You know who he's given as your paraclete, your comforter, your present help in a time of need, Holy Spirit. If you're doing these things and you're realizing the time is now and sharing Jesus is something you do, then do not stop and let's conversate and help others get to that same boldness. But I will tell you what else I know for a fact. Even myself, after I've preached this message, I'll be able to do more for the Lord than I've ever done before. Jesus said the things I do, you'll do even greater. And he wasn't just talking about something that's more extraordinary than raising the dead. He was talking about in number. But see, if I'm a little type and sign for the world of Jesus, and you're a sign of who Jesus is, and you're like Jesus because you follow Jesus, and you follow Jesus, and you follow Jesus, that's so much greater exponentially. And it grows, and it grows, and it grows. Some today haven't given much thought to Jesus past Savior. Yes, he's Savior. Yes, Jesus is only one true living God, Savior of mankind. But he's got so much more for us as we give him every aspect of our lives. I want us to look again briefly at John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here and now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You ever heard somebody say, well, we're not going to be there, but we're going to be there in spirit. Now, before you think I'm going off on the being in church when you can, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's not the angle I'm going at here. Yes, it's true. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, even so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 4.10, I believe. Something like that, maybe 10, Hebrews 10, I don't know. See, I told you, I'm kind of, don't get me quoting Star Wars. But I knew the verse, hey man, I could quote you the verse. 
this isn't just about church attendance. No, see, what I'm saying here in, and what I feel like the Lord's showing me in this verse now is while it definitely means I need to be present, the challenge of this verse is we, the church, the bride of Christ, are what we say we are. The time is now, church, to be prayed up, ready to pray outside these walls. The time is now, church, to be spiritually armed with the whole armor of God, right? So if I have the sword of spirit mentioned, I'm ready to slice and dice. I've got to also have my feet shod with the gospel, the preparation of the gospel of peace. I've got to come in wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I've got to be able to show what love means before I go and try to cut the sin off their life. That's Holy Spirit's job, and he hasn't called me to be him. Thank you for that. Amen. You see what I'm saying? The longer we say things like, we'll pray for you at church. No, pray there. Before you hang up, pray now. Be the church outside these walls. The time is no longer to say things like, well, we're probably the best kept secret in Missouri County. No, church. The time is now to get the cat out of the bag. Start understanding that going into the highways and byways, compelling them to come into God's house, is not just on the pastor, the pastoral staff, or leaders in church, the worship team, or the men's department, or the women's department. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. And it's not hard. Be what we are here. I'm, now, you want to take a praise ribbon and go down the grocery store? Better know God told you. Well, you want to walk next to somebody and see a frown on their face and say, hey, would it be okay if I pray for you? They're probably going to go, what? Uh-huh. Oh, I just can't read the packages. Oh, yeah, but I, I, want, to, I want to pray for you. You're going to get some looks. But it ain't going to be nothing that ain't biblical. They were in the marketplace, and they were passing by people. And Paul had the anointing on him in a, in a time frame where he passed by people. His shadow hit them, and they got healed. You want to be that close to the Lord? You can have that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that was only reserved for him. You know, there's tales of Smith Wiggleworth getting on, a, on public transportation when he was in ministry. And he'd go in there and sit down. Not say a word. Not whip out a Bible. Not sit there and start praying. And people would come over next to him and they'd go, what do I need to do to be right with God? Because they felt the power of God on his life. Lord, send those times to us. Let us be the church now. Amen. Amen. The time is now to go tell it on the mountain. The time is now to get real with people and share your beliefs about Jesus. What he's done for you is the most authority you'll ever have. What he's doing, what his word declares, and what, come what may, I'm going to praise him because he's already been so good to me. If he never did another thing, he's worthy. Amen. He's God. You can't help but understand when you're a child of God, he's going to bless his children. But some people need to be let in on that secret. You see, I don't worry about things that other people tell me I need to worry about anymore. And people look at me sideways and say, you got three heads on your shoulders. And I say, no, you just don't understand. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I'm acknowledging him, and he is directing my path. And four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I had no idea I'd be here sharing this with you today. But I knew because I knew the calling of God on my life. I would, if I had a chance to speak, be somewhere speaking what God's laid on my heart. I fully believe this message that's been stirring and boiling and simmering is for right now for us.
It's time now to make a public decision. Stand at your feet. Stand at your feet this morning. I, you know, I used to hear that when I was a kid, and I'd say, well, as opposed to standing on my hands. Okay, I get it. See, some of you laugh because you thought it too. I had that in my notes. Not the joke, but the stand to your feet. Because tradition, right? In all seriousness, look, look at somebody next to you and, and tell them the time is now. Time is now. Let me tell you, the world is telling you, the world is telling you that it's over. That Christianity is dying. It's on the decline. I'm declaring the time is now that we show how abundantly alive we are, church. The spirit of this age is saying it's the season of the witch. Witchcraft and false religious idol worship is everywhere. I'm declaring the time is now to remind them that our God sends down fire and consumes water-soaked altars when he sees fit, and he has not lost his recipe for barbecue. He can cook it all. Consume it, Lord. The enemy is telling you you're going to live with lack and illness and heartache. And I'm proclaiming to you now, the time is now that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us to bind up the brokenhearted, to speak provision and healing because we've been anointed to preach good news. If you feel a tug at your heart today, don't sit there and fight Holy Spirit. The time is now to get into an altar and find a place before God and make it right.